0: Welcome to This Is Life. Of course, this is your host, John Johnson. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining me today. Uh, it's been a little bit, I hope that, uh, as we're kind of, as far as the coronavirus goes, kind of starting to get everything back to normal, but then uh, on the other side of it, uh, we're experiencing a whole new uh, other type of, I, I don't know, I don't, don't want to say craziness, but I definitely would say upheaval or... Shaking or uh, unrest, probably maybe, is the best way to put it. Um, and you uh, know, especially in regards to just the response to the uh, the the Floyd uh, situation with the police officers, and then of course the uh, Ahmad who had you know who was gunned down in the streets a few weeks prior to that. Um, plus many others, Brianna Taylor and other, other just, I mean, there's countless names of uh, specifically people of color who have been victims, innocent victims, um, that resulted in their death, uh, either by authorities or people who, um, you know, had some sort of vendetta would be racist or otherwise. I, I don't know. All I know is that, uh, it does not take but five to 10 minutes on social media or on the news anymore to just get really sad. Um, we are definitely in, you know, we used to be back in the day, you know, back in the day, it seems like it was forever ago now, but I mean, really it was just what, three weeks ago, we, you know, we were discussing about opening up shops and stores and when people are going to go back to work and, uh, now all of a sudden there's protests in the street and uh, I just read an article about Seattle has a three block radius that has been overtaken by protesters, um. Uh, so, you know that there's protests in the street. There's looting happening, riots happening. There are our, our president, you know, is is, is seemingly, I, I guess, doing his best, but his best just isn't good enough right now. I, I don't know really what's going on. I'm not here to really talk politics as much as just I am to hopefully help myself and all of us just kind of put our heads on straight right now. Uh, think upon things that are that are are. are helpful rather than things that are going to be causing more division and more strife and more problems and everything else. So that's kind of what I want to go about today, guys, is just what, what is going to be our response? You know, right now we are facing a lot in our country. Um, I know some of you listen outside of the country, so welcome. Um, but here in America where it's, you've definitely probably seen your own news where we're just kind of experiencing a lot of shaking, like I said earlier, just a lot of, um, just unknown, I think that's the biggest thing just, There's a lot of unknown, things that we would not have expected Or maybe should have expected Maybe that's kind of part of the problem Is that we could have sort of seen all of this coming And we didn't, we just thought it would just be Something that would just be brushed under the rug Or there would be a few protests like before And it would go away um, And now it's been almost two weeks And the protests aren't going away And the people who are angry are not Being, being you know, even though we're changing things I mean, we're changing things. I never even thought we would change. I think, like I just read um, an article that was on Twitter this morning, that the band Lady Antebellum—they're uh, no longer—they're calling themselves Lady Antebellum. They're just going to call themselves Lady A because Antebellum is a Latin word for before the war, and it specifically, in most cases, talks about before the Civil War. Um, see, I guess that they're, they, 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 well, from what I understand, Lady Antebellum, they named themselves that because when they were forming the band and growing, they would meet on the porch of a bunch of old southern houses who had antebellum roofs. In other words, they were roofs and structures that were built before the Civil War. And just beautiful old houses, you know, that are over 200, you know, some odd years old. And so they would just call themselves Lady Antebellum. And now they're just going to be called Lady A because I guess they have been getting some flack or maybe they themselves are just, you know, uh, convicted to think, you know, that they don't want any, you know, they don't want any... um, they, they don't I guess that you know, they don't have anything to do with you know what was life was like before the Civil War I mean I don't, I don't know I mean I that's their prerogative they can do whatever they want I guess but my point is just saying that that we're just changing a lot of things that I never thought we would ever feel like we had to change or are um, things that are offensive to people that I did not know would be offensive and I guess that's part I mean partially that's good because I think that we're all kind of you know it's important to sit back learn and and, and be aware of um, other people's feelings. I've done several shows before about how, especially us as believers, you know, we're called to be empathetic, not sympathetic, but empathetic, where we put ourselves in other people's shoes. And there's no doubt, undeniably, uh, that we have a huge stain in America. And that stain is that we have, as a society, treated people of color differently. And that's just the bottom line. And, and, and here's how you know that's to be true. We, we can't even acknowledge without argument in some cases that black lives matter. You know, that drives me crazy. It's like, why is that even an argument? You know, they're not, no one's saying that black lives matter more. They're just saying that black lives matter. I'm like, of course they do. Yes. that, that Yes. Black lives absolutely matter. And, and, but the fact that we can't even agree on that, like that in and of itself causes this uproar and this, you know, that this, um, Arguments and, and division. Well, no, it's all lives matter. Well, yes, but if, again, if my, you know, my if my house was on fire and I went to the neighbor and told them that my house is on fire, that it needs saved, they'd be like, well, "All houses need to be saved." You know, all, all houses are worthy. You know, all houses don't need to be on fire. Like, okay, well, okay, my on fire right now. Like, I need help, and that's the whole thing. Is that we have to understand that that people of color have been crying out and, and are loudly now to the point of getting all of our attention and people who didn't even want to hear it are now having to face the music that they have been hurting. And, you know, we obviously can't let the pendulum swing too far. To where we lose uh, civility um, And I, I, think, you know, I, I think that There has to be a point in the middle In the balance Because that's, that's how everything is, right? Is that, that on, 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 In every argument Where there are extreme points of view because some people, for example, some people say that we need more law and order. Some people say we need no law and order. Obviously, we can't have no law and order and more law and order, you know, when you, when it comes to abuse even is, is obviously not a good idea. So it has to find somewhat balance in the middle where we can still have law and order. But at the same time, everyone who you know feels that they have treated equally and fairly when it comes to dealing with people in law enforcement. And, um, so, you know, okay. So, so how do we respond? How are we supposed to now, especially as believers, um, what can we do to help? What well, what can we do to be an ally to the movement without giving up, um, our ideals and our values, you know, and our civility and our society, and, and, and our uh, just our, our love for our country and our patriotism, and all the things that that we, you know, love about being an American. How, how can we do that without it just going to anarchy and uh, civil unrest because we just want no authority? And, and I think that we have to understand that in, in history, and throughout history, there's always been some sort of authority. I mean, the Bible even talks about that, about how we're supposed to obey the laws of the land. And so there has to be some sort of guidelines of laws of which that we are uh, you know to help keep society just I mean even the 10 commandments you know was 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 there to keep people in line to 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 the chaos would not reign supreme because we all know that uh, humans are naturally selfish. I mean humans are naturally uh we're, we're not naturally kind and loving. Uh we are very self-serving most of the time and and, and so I think that's a hard pill for some people to swallow. They want, they don't want they don't want to acknowledge their own, you know, insecurities or inabilities or their own um, faults. You know, uh, uh, but no one likes to say you know like when you're filling out an, a job interview. It's really easy to go on there and say, you know, what are what are your strengths? Okay, yeah, I can go out there. And listen, you know, I'm a, I'm a good conversationalist. I you know care about my job. I'm you know irreplaceable. I I, I work to be irreplaceable. I you know, work with others, but then all of a sudden it says, well, what are, what are some weaknesses or what are some things you need to work on? And nobody likes to put those down on paper because you put them down on paper, you're then accountable for those behaviors, for those things of which you say you want to help. And I think that was always difficult for me, you know, when I worked at Best Buy and I worked at the Best Buy mobile area and we would do these reviews every now and again. Um, the part I hated the least was, uh, the part I liked the least you know, hated the most, was the times where they said, all right, well, let's see if we can find ways to help you, because these are the things that need to be worked on. And so, you know, I had to swallow my pride and just accept and acknowledge that I'm not uh, great at my job, you know, that I have problems and difficulties and issues that I need to be better at. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that we all You know, need to see ourselves, in fact, even more than now, more than ever, need to see our own faults and and be, you know, easily, the Bible talks about how we are to, how, how we're to be humble, right? And how we're to, you know, acknowledge when we are have done wrong, you know, and that we are to seek forgiveness and seek restoration and seek, you know, justice and peace and faith, you know, all of these things that we're supposed to be more mindful of others than ourselves. Well, how can we be more mindful of others than ourselves if we're so worried about holding on to the things that we don't want to get rid of, even though we know that they're wrong? Um, okay, so let's kind of talk about today. I want to go to Philippians chapter 4. It's one of the most powerful group of scriptures in, in all of the Bible. And it really encourages us, encourages us to when we are experiencing days like we have here in America, what is the Christian's response? How are we supposed to be, again, the the, fruit of the salt of the earth and the, the the glue that holds everybody together? Um no, this is not a time for us to be fighting with one another. I mean, if you're fighting on social media, get off of social media. If you're finding yourself in a Twitter war or a Facebook war or whatever arguments, I mean, it doesn't do anybody any good. Nothing we do, no, none of that fighting that we do on the key behind the keyboard will do anybody any good for anything at all. In fact, it just makes us look worse. It makes us look argumentative. It makes us look like we, um, you know, are... Uh, cowards because we're not willing to face the the person you know face to face we just want to you know say our little piece on the internet and you know hope that the other person will respond to it so i can keep throwing mud back at them. Uh, and that doesn't do anybody any good uh, and, and and the other part of it we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second there's other parts that i think that we as Christians need to be mindful of and watchful of uh first so, so philippians chapter 4 verse number four. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So that's the first and foremost, is that regardless of circumstances around us. And again, I don't believe that we are oppressed, especially as believers. Uh, and even if we were oppressed, even if we were told that we can no longer have church, we were told that we no longer can read the Bible. We were told that that praying to pray, praying is illegal, that those things are obviously oppressive. Those things are obviously um, going to challenge us in our faith and our belief in how we feel and believe, that, that doesn't take away the fact that God is still good. God is still good. He is still present. He is still there. And the Bob, Bob Marley said it right. He said, emancipate yourselves from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. So even if we are oppressed on the outside, our, our minds are free. You know, and, and we're able to still freely pray in our head, our mind, and our belief, in our love for God, and our love for others. Nobody, nothing can take that away. In fact, the Bible is very clear that nothing can even pull us away from the Lord, that God holds us in his hands, right? That we are absolutely, fully, 100% persuaded that absolutely nothing on earth and heaven and otherwise can take us away from the Lord. So why do we fight against just little things that are little annoyances you know and and and, and when in reality there's such much much more bigger of a of a, of a opportunity here there's we, the church is such an incredible opportunity right now to show compassion and to show love and to show that we are allies to those Whom are hurting, you know, we're not enemies That we are allies, that we are there To help those who are oppressed Those who are and have been Victimized, that's our job Our job as a church is, is, is No matter what skin color You have, that is our job <laughs> That's who we are, and that's what we're supposed To be doing, and that's what we should be doing right now We should be standing, you know, for both People of color and the police, you know I Just the other day I was uh, pulling up to grab some lunch at a local taco joint here, and there was a group of about four or five uh, sheriff deputies that were walking to their vehicles after having lunch, and I just rolled down the window and said, hey, gentlemen, I said, I just want to let you know that I really appreciate all your hard work. It, it doesn't go unnoticed. And you can just tell they were just, they were appreciative of that. They just, you know, said thank you. You know, it's a genuine thank you. You know, it wasn't just like, okay, thanks for your service. No, I, I think they really believed that the stranger was just acknowledging it. And I think that that is important. That we, you know, it wasn't too long ago, and after nine eleven happened, that uh, first responders, police, and firemen, you know, and uh, port authorities—I mean, all of these, you know, first responders were heroes in America. I mean, and it's like here, almost twenty years later, police are now the enemy. Like I don't get how that even happens. Really, I mean, that it just—it's so bizarre to me um yes there's bad cops absolutely um, but the vast majority of police officers that I've ever run in in fact you know I I have never had a bad experience again I'm also not a person of color so I would love to talk to somebody who who has had bad experiences I think that's important to the discussion um, but at the end of the day no one no one can say truthfully that we need to throw out the entire police force just you know, because there's some bad uh, police officers. I think that there's definitely a time for reform. Uh, I think that there's better ways of spending money rather than military or militarizing the police. We need to put the more of that money towards, you know, rehab and towards the communities and, you know, towards, uh, you know, drug prevention and violence prevention. I mean, uh, more community outreaches and organizations, those kind of things. Absolutely. So that's where the money should be going to. That all aside, though, the Bible tells us in verse 4 to rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So the first thing we need to do is regardless of the circumstance around us, we just need to give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for your family, for your for the breath that's in your lungs right now, for your ability to speak your love and to speak your mind, thinking, thank God, that you do live in a free country. Uh, that Even though it is being shaky right now, even though it is... Having uh, just you turn on the news and it just looks like we're just going to hell. That's just a poor – that's a small – small percentage, like rather than going in the news and finding your information, just take a drive and go to the stores, you know, do, do socially distance, of course, you know, make sure you wear your masks see whatever. But I mean, just go see people. And I think that's part of the problem. If, if I had to guess, I think that we have just kind of, um, that this is kind of a tinderbox that's been brewing for the last, well, yes. I mean the, the idea of p- police brutality and the idea of oppression and people of color, uh, having, um, an unfair disadvantage when it comes to the police, that's been brewing for a long time. But I think what has happened is that the last several months, the reason why it's such a furor, why it's such a raging fire right now is because we have really in the last three, four months lost humanity. I think we've lost a portion of our humanity because we've been told to stay home and not be around people. And so then when you're not around people, you just kind of forget that people are innately good. That people, you know, are are really wanting to have a relationship with other people and kindness and, and 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 smiles and and you know having just a a a bond with with people, even strangers. I mean, that you can create with just a smile. I mean, these things kind of just kind of got lost because we were told to stay away from everybody, and all of a sudden everybody became the enemy. Right? Oh no, you might have the coronavirus. You know, so I'm stay away from you and. Um, that's, that was, I warned about that. So that's going to be a really dangerous thing. And I hope that we are able to come out of it, uh, you know, good because, you know, anytime that we are told to stay away from one another, especially as human beings, it's, it's not going to bring, you know, a good result unless we really fight hard to bring that love and that relationships back with people. Um, and so, anyway, verse 5 let your gentleness, this time, over. Let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. So, what that is telling me and telling you is that our gentleness, the kindness, right? The welcoming, the hospitality, let all of this be evident to everybody, not just to other believers, but it ought to be every person encounter, every, I mean, literally, I don't care if they made you the most angry, most mad, most, you know, uh, just overwhelmingly, even if they're in your enemy, we have to understand that the Bible tells us to let our gentleness be evident to all. And that's something that we are all accountable to. None of us get a free pass. None of us get to be like, well, but the Bible wasn't talking about me. I don't, I don't have to be, because, Sean, you don't understand. There's some people who have really hurt me. There's some people who have done some terrible things to me, to my family, and I, and I get it. And I, and, I, and I hear you loud and clear. And there are absolutely going to be some people, bad people, who don't deserve the gentleness from you. But you have to ask yourself, does that make them any less deserving of the gentleness from the Lord? I don't think so. Because if they don't deserve the gentleness and the kindness from the Lord, then I don't deserve the gentleness and kindness from the Lord. You don't deserve the gentleness and kindness from the Lord. Because we all have sinned. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. One sin does not weigh heavily more on our salvation than another. All uh, uh, the Bible tells us very clearly that God just sees sin; He doesn't see levels of sin. Uh, the consequences of sin are obviously different. Uh, lying is going to get me a lot less lawful trouble than murdering somebody, uh, but the Bible still sees both as a sin. So, uh, therefore, you know, if we are no longer ourselves, if we are truly born again. If the Lord is the one who's directing and guiding our life, and we're living our life for Him, then there's nobody that should be exempt from the gentleness of the Lord in our hearts. Let your gentleness be apparent to all. The Lord is near. Verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Okay, I think that the um, the King James tells us to be careful for nothing. So, I mean, basically, what that is saying is that you know we have a, a we we have a responsibility. And, and I know I say that a lot, but I mean, a Christian is a lot more than just saying that I am a believer, or I I can wear a Christian T-shirt, or I care. I read my Bible once a week, or I go to church once a week. I mean, being a, a true Christian, a disciple of God, is something that we have to look, look at our lives at every single day, and just to 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 take away, to, just to put the flesh off, put the desires of our own self on the shelf, and let God be the one that leads us. That that's the whole point of being a Christian. And so, when you are faced with fears and un um. You know, the the, the unknown, and just kind of like the way our world is right now. Like, how are we going to even come out of this? Will we ever get back to quote-unquote normal? Uh, You know, I mean, it's so crazy to me. I mean, just a few weeks ago, our biggest worries were if baseball was coming back, or football. And now, I mean, they're talking about getting rid of the police in some places. I mean, it's just like... I understand it's topsy-turvy and weird right now. And, you know, do your best at what you can do to physically prepare for the worst, you know, hope for the best. But spiritually speaking, however, and relationship speaking with other humans, um, God has called us to be the pillars of strength right now. We're, we're not supposed to be the ones that are anxious and scared and worried. We're the ones who are supposed to be strong and firm and kind and loving and engaging and empathetic and looks at other people as they are, as as if they are humans and not a antithesis of who we are. You know, even if they have a different opinion than us, that doesn't make them any less of a human. Even if they do bad things, that doesn't necessarily, that doesn't mean that they are any less worthy of the love of God. So that, that's why the Bible tells us to not be anxious about anything, but in every single thing that we do, by prayer or petition, with things we do with thanksgiving, in other words, we do it with gratitude and, a, and a appreciativeness, and also we then present our requests to the Lord. In verse 7, in other words, that so we, we gave our anxiousness and our worries to the Lord. And then verse 7 says, "In the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, okay, which goes beyond... Uh, to the furthest realms of the universe, okay? We're no, believe me, I don't understand it. I don't understand how anybody can have peace in turbulent times, Um, but God does because he's the one who is the author of peace and he can give us that at peace as well when we ask for it. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, okay? Guard your hearts and your minds. Okay, that's what he's asking. The peace of God has to guard your heart and guard your mind. The peace of God. That's the only that that's the answer. The only way we're going to get through this tumultuous time in our in our nation, especially as believers, but even in regards to other people. And how we are going to be a strength for others, and this even—I mean, this doesn't matter. Even again, this is just minimal. I mean, guys, what happens when the tribulation hits? You know, and I'm not one to believe that. Uh, you can disagree with me if you want. I mean, there's there's no there's whole nother topic, and maybe I'll have Stan Johnson on here, the Prophecy Club, to come talk about it, because he has a much, you know, uh, he has much more understanding of Bible prophecy than I do for sure. But I'm not one to believe that the rapture is going to pull us out before the tribulation because I believe that God's gonna want us here to take care of people during the tribulation. He'll take care of us. Our job has always been to take care of the world to take care of the people here and so if in the darkest of the earth's days why would the believers not be here to take care of the broken and the heart and the broken-hearted and and those who are going through pain and suffering. Verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's the scripture of the millennium right now. Anything is true. Now, before I go on and we can expound on the other Things that we're supposed to be thinking about. I just want to take. I want to hang my hat here for, for a moment on that scripture that says, "Finally, brothers, whatever is true." Uh, Christians, for whatever reasons, and even specifically for some reason, prophecy students have a, a strange knack and a, a, in my opinion, a fault on grabbing hold of conspiracy theories, things that are just not. They have that they they're just speculation, right? They may sound good. They may have, you know. Um, it's, it's 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 like it's like you know, remember what we used to do was like as a kid the connect the dots you know like if you had like a, a gorilla or a, uh, you know a, or a dog or um, a, a landscape I don't know whatever I mean just we, we had whatever but you couldn't tell what it was until you started connecting the dots well if you don't do the dots in order you can pretty much create whatever you want out of those dots you know by just start marking them all together. And all of a sudden you have a picture that wasn't the real picture. Wasn't the intended purpose of why that was given to you in the first place. And that's the same thing that can happen with conspiracy theories as they may have a shred of truth. And, but if you just throw your own speculation at it or your own thoughts or your own interpretation without verifying it, you can come up with a completely different story uh, and then pass, and if you pass that on to other people, they're going to believe it because it's what they want to hear. And before you know it, you have full-on conspiracies. Like one of the craziest conspiracies I've ever heard is that Michelle Obama is really a man. Like, I mean, come on! Like, uh, what? I, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. It's it's, it's it, and and people hold on to these things as gospel when there's no validation, there's no truth to it whatsoever. Uh, I mean, believe me, if you want to Google out, there's plenty of people who say they have proof, but nothing is verifiable. Nothing is, you know, has any shred or um, amount of validity at all to it. Um, And so we got to make sure that we're just mindful. If you can't verify what you're saying, then just don't say it. So, you know, especially as believers, we're, we're called to a higher standard, and that is to think upon things which ever are true, because it's much easier and much better to actually be able to present the gospel of truth and of peace and of goodness when you are actually to have a reputation for truth and a reputation for goodness yourself. Uh, let's finish up this, this uh, scripture just again. It's finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. So all of those things, they're all self-explanatory. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Those right now, that's, that's our job. Our job is to think upon things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Okay, that doesn't mean that we turn a blind eye to what's going on, but we find beautiful spots in an ugly world. That's really what it is, that when you're watching the news or seeing social media or whatever, when you're out there and it's it's just uh, everything looks like a cesspool, find the bright spots and focus on those things. Verse 9, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, okay, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. See, it's not just enough to believe it in our head. It's not just enough to even think about it. But we have to put these things into practice, right? The Bible tells us very plainly that prayer without uh, faith without works is dead. That if a man were to come to you and say, I'm in need of food, and you just pray with him to be filled and have him go on his way without actually filling his belly with food, you've done nothing. So Christians, I'm tired of just praying for people and sending them on their way and doing nothing. Um, you know that that's why people get so annoyed whenever uh, we put thoughts and prayers or I'm praying for you. When in reality, that's just a a, a Christian. You know, I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. So we just say, "Well, we'll be praying for you." And the worst is when we use that as a Christian. I used to call it as a Christian f off. You know, I'll pray for. You. I'm going to pray for you. You know, rather than saying f you, we're just saying I'm going to pray for you. You know, where it's just like. They don't need your prayers, man. They need your love. They need, you know, a, a resolution. They need, uh, both of you just need to come together to find a, a to, you know, a, a common bond or something. You know, but again, you know, we get to become so, if we allow ourselves, our flesh can just become so selfish that we are, aren't we, we come to the point where we're just unable to see anybody else's point of view. And that's just very tragic. And I'm just, I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to get to the point to where I don't see other people's point of view. In fact, I i don't really want to see my point of view anymore because my point of view is not, doesn't matter anymore. Because I'm a servant of the Lord's and his point of view is the only thing that matters to me. And he'll take care of me and he'll show me how to take care of other people. So I hope that you feel a little and believe the same way. So hang in there, guys. I know this is tough. I know that the dust is crazy right now, but we can't see. But it will settle. the The sun will rise, as they say. The dust will settle. Uh, it will definitely look different once it all is said and done. But I'm praying, and I, and I'm hopeful that we as humanity can can come back together. and And, and we'll be. Don't worry. I think there will be times of of love again, and times of of, of rejoicing, and times of Peace again, you know. Even, even war torn countries in World War II and you know, 70 years ago are now some of the most beautiful, wonderful places ever. And at the time, they were destroyed basically. And so, uh, you know, we will come together, we'll, we will eventually get there, and hopefully, it comes sooner rather than later. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, guys. This is Life Pod. Uh, email me this is Life pod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you if you guys are enjoying the show. Um, you know, I, I know that again, times are tough right now, but just stay, stay strong. And I know that the Lord will take care of all of us as we just, uh, go about doing his work. Uh, don't get weary, keep on moving, keep on going. The Lord, you know, the Lord wants us and the world needs us. Have a wonderful day. God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo.